Testing. 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 Hey, I'm Maggie. And I'm Hadley. And welcome to the Cultural Standpoints podcast, put on by this year's Brand Center Strategy Track. This episode is called The Grass Ceiling and is dedicated to exploring the opportunities and barriers for women and minorities in the rapidly expanding cannabis industry. Our hope is that this podcast will help our listeners, both seasoned cannabis veterans and complete newbies, understand cannabis from a different perspective. Traditionally, the cannabis industry has been geared towards white men, with pulp culture and publications like High Times promoting the stoner male stereotype. But as cannabis has become increasingly legalized, the industry has started to address these stereotypes and move towards more inclusive branding, the largest group being women. Jen Newton notes in her podcast, High Tea, just how big the potential market size for women in cannabis is. Because the truth of the matter is, despite what we know and despite what we've been told and what all of the stats and the numbers say, it's actually women that are driving this industry. Yes, we are. Women smoke and consume more cannabis than men, Mm -hmm. and they consume more fucking often than men. On the regular. Right? It actually is on the regular. And and probably, you know, anyway, the stats that we're hearing is that 53% of females smoke versus 42% of dudes. And that 66 Six percent of those women consume on the daily. Mm-hmm. Ninety-one are consuming one to three times a week. Not only do women make up a majority of cannabis users, but there is also so much potential for female business owners. In fact, one of the first things we came across in our initial research was an article that talked about how cannabis has the potential to be the first billion-dollar industry dominated by women. And this is in part due to the wellness industry, which is helping to drive the normalization of cannabis. We spoke with two individuals who are involved in cannabis to different degrees. Our first expert is Alexis Kafkas, our freelance art director living in New York City. While her career began in traditional advertising, she since expanded her talents into the cannabis industry, working on multiple different CBD beauty brands and helping out educational summits in New York. She first realized how much potential was in the industry after using CBD as an alternative treatment for a neck injury. Um, The turning point really happened last year when I went backpacking through Indonesia on my plane ride back. I sat next to this woman named Solange and she sat next to me. It's like, wow, you look so familiar. And we started talking and turns out I follow her company on social media. She runs a company called Humble Bloom. They dabble in a lot in, in the cannabis industry, but um, primarily focusing around supporting and helping women in minorities, um, whether that's for marketing or social justice or um, legal reform, kind of the whole gamut. A lot of other things overlapped. We had friends of friends. I'd actually met her before, but that was kind of my introduction to the industry. Our second expert is none other than Gloria Allen, currently an experienced designer at BCU Brand Center, who is starting a mission-driven cannabis brand called High Hopes with a few of her peers. A few of my friends and I, me, Ainsworth Carr, and Bilal Medina are starting a cannabis brand called High Hopes, and its mission is to put uh, people of color at the forefront of weed. It started last semester where we had the opportunity in Berwyn's class to do a passion project. And it was something on my mind all through Brand Center to 
just do something for people of color. I just want to do something for them to, to better them. And I had had my eye on the cannabis industry. I just thought it was really interesting just seeing that like there was a lot more people involved. It was starting to to break from just the normal like white dude with a beard from Colorado or LA who can sell weeds. And we got this opportunity with Berwyn and it was like, whoa, what if I like did a weed brand for black people? Um, and that's what kind of started. As we mentioned earlier, cannabis has the potential to be the first billion-dollar industry dominated by women. And at first, this sentiment seemed promising, seeing as in 2015, women held 36% of C-suite positions in this field, a whole 9% higher than the national average. But 36% isn't dominating quite yet. So we asked Alexis about her take on the potential for women in cannabis and found that instead of endless opportunities, there were actually quite a few barriers for women trying to enter the industry. Everyone says, oh, cannabis is so exciting because it's a female-dominated industry right now. And from a small entrepreneurial perspective, it is. But when we actually talk about where the power and the money is, it's all men, which is as any industry, because we're cre- there's just so many barriers to entry, and the number one being financial. Any of us, like me, you, um, right now, if we wanted to enter the industry, it would almost be impossible because you need like millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. So while women do own a large percentage of small weed businesses, as of right now, it's still men that dominate big cannabis. And when we talked to Gloria to understand what it was like for minorities who are trying to get into cannabis, she noted a similar experience. I think the biggest struggle for people of color is actually getting funding to make uh, make a brand or be able to sell because a lot of the time, a lot of these businesses get started by having, you know, like angel investors, like people who have a lot of money up front to do it. And those angel investors go to mostly white people or, or men, so to speak. Another barrier to entering the cannabis industry is the sheer amount of knowledge you must have to operate a business. The cannabis industry is such a dynamic space that laws and policies can change at the drop of a hat. For example, it was recently announced that cannabis legalization would be left off the state budget in New York. Many people were convinced that it would be a matter of months before legal cannabis was available in New York, but now it seems like it still might be years away. There's a lot of new regulations and a lot of untreaded territory, so people are looking for experts that kind of have knowledge. that have brought a product to market before, that know the regulations around what you can talk about on Instagram, what you can talk about on social media, um, what pictures can I show, what disclaimers do I need to show. All of that type of information is, you know, it's not like there's a rule book for it anywhere. You kind of just learn. So there's obviously a whole lot going on here, and it can be overwhelming, and it will probably continue since it's kind of like the Wild West out there. But there still remains a huge opportunity for women and minorities to make the change they want to see by building it into the DNA of their company. In fact, it seems like it's almost a requirement. I mean, I think a lot of that is, from what I've seen, my experience, a lot of these female business owners, um, you can't just run a business. You have to be involved in a lot of the social um, work that's going on now because you're literally trying to, like, plow your own way through. Um, so I'd say that's the biggest thing now as I'm seeing, like, we're say I'm a 
um, a female and I want to open up a yoga studio, I don't have to be concerned about the like legalities and social justice of yoga. You know what I mean? Just because it's that, that forum isn't there. Whereas if you're entering this industry now, you have to be willing to, it's bigger than just your company. You have to be willing to, to accept and work. It's a lot of work, man. I mean, I've heard stories where as much addressed, like the stereotypes that were before we were going to, but we were like, let's just focus on us. You know, like we're just gonna we're just talking about us right now and putting ourselves out there. It's not like an opposition to, it's more of a new new identity. Like exactly. Turning, turning a new leaf over. Exact <laughs> boom. Wow. You're on the team. <laughs> You're on our marketing team now. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. It's more of like a re I don't want to say like a rebirth, but yeah. It's about us and how we deal with it now. And this is our chance to create our own new identity for ourselves not forgetting what happened before but using that to uh i don't say like energize us but uh those were like the stepping stones to help us get to this point so there's still a lot of work to do but there's also a lot of optimism out there especially when it comes to being inclusive and working together so we asked alexis and gloria what their vision of the future of the cannabis industry could be there is so much room in this industry right now, you know, like uh, there's so much room. There's room for everyone. There's room for every gender, every non-gender, every whatever race. And I don't, I think it's, it's just, it happens to be an amazing opportunity for women to come in and like a natural market for them and for our skills. We're trying to go more towards a holistic, like approach to it. We'd rather work with a bunch of people than burn bridges. We just want to get more of the word out. And if it helps a person of color become part of the weed industry, hell yeah. And if we don't necessarily get a dollar amount from it, I think I'm okay with that. So Maggie, what would you say your biggest takeaways were? Well, I was definitely intrigued when Alexis mentioned how she started using cannabis products for medicinal use and how that eventually led to her jumping headfirst into the industry. What I took away from that was that this wellness trend in cannabis could actually end up being our gateway drug or our Trojan horse per se, because it could warm people up to the idea of cannabis enough that it transitions into legalizing recreational use of the drug. And it's women who are leading that charge with wellness-focused cannabis brands. So I definitely think that women hold a lot of power in shaping the industry on that front. I definitely agree. I was also struck by the financial barrier that still exists and how women have less power in that regard. I think it is something that's being addressed, but it's just not happening quickly enough. I couldn't agree more, but I think it is important to note that not all hope is lost because there's still so much that's unknown and it's hard to predict exactly what will happen with women in cannabis and if it will in fact be the first billion dollar industry that's dominated by women. Oh, I think that's our cue to wrap up, Hadley. It sure is, Maggie. We hope you enjoyed this brief glimpse into this emerging industry. If this is your first time listening, just swipe up to subscribe. Join us next week as we'll be discussing the merits of ocean exploration versus space exploration. Until then, if you need to satisfy your can of curiosity, we highly recommend checking out the book Higher Etiquette written by Lizzie Post. Weed everything you want to know but are always too stoned to ask written by michelle look 
and Broccoli Magazine, published by Anya Charbonneau. Until Until next time. time!